Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So glad you all can join us here tonight uh, on this Wednesday night Bible study. I do want to say for those who are joining us, thank you for joining us um, wherever you are, in your car, at work, at home, uh, in your office, uh, you're watching and tuning in with us. Um, if this is your first time here, please like and share us um, and, and uh, enjoy our uh, devotions. Um, we continue this amazing theme for this week and also next week about the parables of Jesus. And as we kind of dig deep into them um, and kind of understand some of these parables and their meanings, um, of course, you've already heard um, you know, Sister Debbie and Lil and uh, Stephen and, and, and Meg and, and they've, you know, all those have pastors have already spoken about the different parables. And, and I'm hoping to bring you something as well here on Wednesday, this Wednesday night. And um, I'm, I'm hoping that it will really touch us. And of course, how this session works for those of us who are, it's their first time here. We do a 30 minute session where, you know, I'm teaching. And then of course, then we do another 30 minute or, or 20 minute session where we're asking questions and, um, kind of, you know, you get to ask me questions about the lesson or, you know, about other things. So, um, so, all right, we'll go ahead and start. I want to go ahead and look at a very specific parable. Um, it's going to be in Matthew uh, chapter 7. I'm going to go ahead and uh, share my screen um, so that way you can kind of read along with me. Um, I'll use my mouse so you can kind of see where I'm going. Um, I'm such a visual learner. I feel like if if I don't have the scripture like in front of me and someone's just reading it, I don't I don't retain it as well when I see it on this on the screen and um, I just do way better when I can see the words and, and so because then I can read the words as the person is talking and I can kind of see what they're talking about. Um, so I'm going to uh, share my screen here. Give me two seconds. Alrighty, my window sharing. Share. There we go. Looks like we are sharing. Alrighty. So there we go. That's what I was waiting for. Okay. All right. So. Uh, we're going to look at chapter 7, and we're going to look at verse 15. And I kind of want to, I, I love um, kind of this exegesis way of studying where you look at scripture by scripture, and you're going to you go kind of by line by line and go down this passage of scripture, um, and, and we'll kind of get to our destination here. So um, anyway, so we're in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. Here is Jesus. Now, what proceeds for these verses is uh, golden rule. Treat others as you want to be treated. Um, and, and also, you know, it talks about um, how you judge people. If you love to judge people very harshly, uh, Jesus kind of turns around them and says, just know that same measuring stick is going to be used against you. So be careful how you judge people. Have mercy. Um, and then also, it's also the Sermon on the Mount. So it talks about the Sermon on the Mount, you know, blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek. Um, and kind of gives us this, this very powerful, um, uh, you know, uh, illustration of what it means to be in the kingdom of God and what it means to be a disciple of, of Jesus. Um, and so here we are, we're finding ourselves in verse 15 and it kind of starts off on a really uh, good note here. Watch out for false prophets. Watch out for false prophets um, who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ferocious wolves, false prophets. They come in sheep's clothing. What is this talking about? It's talking about are those who on the outside, they look to be a disciple. On the outside, they look like to be a follower of Jesus. On the outside, they look like they um, have it to, you know, 
that they are in tune with the king, in tune with God, but inside their motivations are completely different. They have no intention of following God's will is completely what is best for me. All right. Did you hear that? This isn't about people who are you know, trying to destroy people, these evil people. No, no, no. This is people who have their own agenda and they've sidelined God's agenda. Verse 16, you will recognize them by their fruit. Grapes are not gathered from thorns or figs from thistles, are they? This is a, this is kind of the way that it's written in Greek. It's, it's, it's an obvious no imperative. Like, no, of course you wouldn't gather figs or, or thorns or thistles. You don't grab grapes from that. Verse 17, in the same way, every good tree bears good fruit. But the bad tree bears bad fruits. What is this fruit? Their character. What, what Are they patient? Are they in tune with God? Are they listening to the voice of God? Are they, are they demonstrating these, these fruits that we've learned about, you know, in small group? And we also talked about them previously on, on, um, on our broadcast about these, these, these fruits, this, this love, patient, loving kindness, mercy, um, you know, holiness. These, these are the fruits that we see in people. Um, but they have bad fruit, selfishness. Conceitedness, pride, bad fruit. A good tree is not able to bear bad fruit. Someone who really is rooted in Christ, someone who is rooted in Jesus and has been praying to him and is sincerely seeking God will not produce bad fruit. At the end of the day, no matter how wrong they are, they will always come in the end, to the right place. Because their in intentions are pure. They really do care about God. They really do believe what they're doing is, is for God. Nor a bad tree to bear good fruit. Verse 19, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will recognize them by their fruit. Again, this is looking at you know, there's a fancy word, eschatology, towards the end times. Those who do not produce good fruit, those who are not rooted in Christ and producing these fruits that come out, they will be th th thrown into the fire. All right. This kind of kind of very, very harsh language here Matthew is using. Um, and I'm sure there was a particular audience sitting there that Jesus was trying to reach here, but um, most likely probably the Pharisees. Um, and then watch this. Watch this. Verse 21. Verse 21. Not everyone, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. Now, this is very interesting. Lord, Lord is repeated twice. It's kurios, kurios. Whenever kurios and kurios are, are, are repeated twice, it um, kind of talks about the tetragrammata. The, um, it's these characters that we don't know the pronunci pronunciation. Um, if you want to read a, a good book about that, you can talk to Pastor Stephen. His dissertation was on that. Um, actually, it's, it's, it's through Luke and Acts. Um, but the tetragrammata is this is it's 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 God's name. We don't know how how it's pronounced. We we say it's Yahweh. Um, it could be Yiha. Um, it could be Yoho. We don't know. We don't know how it was pronounced. They they felt it was so holy that they didn't even say the pronunciation unless it was in complete prayer and submission to God. I mean, it was a they 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 revered the name so much that they used other words. They avoided using the word. 
which of course we see what the Pharisees eventually started doing. But so it's Lord, Lord. So this is this is trying to make a point here. All right. This is this is saying Lord, Lord. This is this is using the tetragram. This is saying Yahweh or, or Yeehaw or however you pronounce it, because we don't know the vowels, right? Because with uh with Hebrew, it's consonants. It's it, there's no vowels. The vowels are are little points, and that's kind of how you read Hebrew. Um, and so we don't know the vowels. We those were forgotten. Um but it says, Lord, Lord. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Ooh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We just read Lord, Lord. Isn't that the, the highest, highest name for God? This, this, this reverence to God, the, the name so holy that you would never say it unless you were in complete prayer. And, and I mean, it, you, would, you, would, you wouldn't use it casually. And here we're seeing, it says, those who call me by this very sacred name, those who call me by this very, very important and holy name will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Only the one will, uh, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Let me read that again. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven heaven the will of my father in heaven so there, there's a difference you can't give lip service to jesus all right this is you can't say oh i believe in jesus or i i give jesus reverence or i make sure i don't go ahead and cuss and use jesus's name in vain i'm very careful with that that's not enough and i and we see matthew saying that that that's not enough but is the ones who do the will of my father in heaven. And watch this. This is this is so critical. Look at verse 22. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, there it is again. That sacred, sacred name. Didn't we prophesize in your name? So look at the people right now who are prophesying what God has said. Don't know the will of God. Ooh, I feel like preaching. They are prophesying God is speaking through them, but they don't know the will of God. They don't know the will of the one in heaven in your name. Did we not prophesize in your name? Yes, you did. And cast out demons in your name. They also are casting out demons. I mean, talk about some good deeds. They're casting out demons in these people's names and do many, watch this, powerful deeds in your name. Powerful deeds in your name. We have done all these things to your name. We have done powerful build things in your name. We have built great cathedrals in your name. We have fed hundreds and millions of people in your name. And we have reached out and done humanitarian aid in your name. And we have done all these things in your name. That sacred name, that powerful name, the Yahweh name, that that, that sacred name you only use once. We've done this all in your name. But watch verse 23. Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you lawbreakers. 
I never knew you. Yes, you used my name. Yes, you prophesied in my name. Yes, you built buildings in my name. Yes, you talked about my will, but it was not my will. It was your will. It was not my agenda. It was your agenda. Your your intentions were not pure. You were not connected to me. You were doing your own thing and you were using my name as a front. That's 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 kind of what he's saying. You're using my name as a front. You're your heart is far from me. You don't care what I think. I look cover this yesterday, right? For your name, for your name. We'll do this for you, Jesus. We'll we'll go ahead and do all these things for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly why they were doing it. I never knew you. You are so way off. Now relax, relax. We're talking about false prophets. We're talking about people who, let's face it, they're they're not listening to the voice of God. Now watch this, you lawbreakers. Why do they say lawbreakers? Isn't that interesting? That's such a weird word, lawbreakers. You lawbreakers. Let's see what... With the notes, or those who commit, look at this, commit lawless deeds or who behave lawlessly, workers of lawlessness. Why would somebody be breaking the law if they're doing these powerful deeds? That's a question. Why would, well, easy. They're not doing the will of God. Now, here we go. We're going to, we're going to dig deep here, folks. We're going to get some, we're going to get, okay, now we're to my parable. We have to read all that to get to my parable. Just, we, I have the context because we got to know what, what's going on. You can't just look at a single verse and forget the rest of the chapter. <laughs> it's bad exegesis. You got to, you have to look at the entire chapter. You have to look at the book. You have to look at all this stuff because they all interrelate. They all talk to each other. So you have to be careful. You don't want to you, you don't do isogesis where you just look at a verse and you pull it out and you make your own you know deal about it. No, you, everything is connected. It's all related. Um, so here we go. Lawbreakers, verse 24. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them. Let me read that again because I want I want to make sure we, we we look at this. Okay. Everyone who hears these words of mine. Which words are you talking about? The scriptures. Everyone who reads the scriptures. Everyone who reads what the scriptures are talking about. And does them. And you do these scriptures. You practice these scriptures. Is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. Okay. Then the rain fell. So the rain came. The flood came. And the winds beat against that house. So. So all kinds of problems and per, you know, calamity and trouble came their way, but it did not collapse because its foundation had been laid on a rock. Wow. I, I love this, pa- this parable. So its foundation is laid on a rock. Why is this foundation laid on a rock? That's right, because it's words of mine and does them is like a wise man. So you have to do. There's an 
action. It's not lip service. It's not, I believe in Jesus. And then we're done. Well, I believe in God. You're right. The devils believe that too. But it is what our action, what is our actions? What are we doing? Well, now you're becoming legalistic. No, 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 no. See, this is this is when you know the will of God. When you when you when you're in tune with God and God starts to work in your life. Because you'll know them by their fruit. See, when when you have the love of God inside of you, it doesn't matter you don't get your way as long as God's will is done. That's the ultimate way to be leadership, right? It's being a leader, you never get your way. It's always what's best for others and what is best. And what does God want? You don't run the agenda. You run his agenda. That's how God works. Now watch this, verse 26. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, not do these words. So you hear them, but you don't practice it. You understand it, but you don't practice it. You comprehend it, but you don't practice it. It's not a, you're ignorant on his word. You have no idea what his word says. Oh no, you're fully aware of his word. You're fully aware of what it says. And you still don't do it. It's like a foolish man or woman. We don't have to you know, single men out of this. It's men or women who built his house or her house on sand. And the rain fell and the flood came and the winds beat against that house and watched this and it collapsed and it was utterly destroyed. It wasn't just, it wasn't missing a few shingles on the, on the roof. They're not missing siding here. It didn't mess up a couple of windows. No, this, this was a complete destruction because if you understand and comprehend the word of God, but you don't practice it, you don't do it. Your actions are far from it. When people, when I talk to your coworkers and they say, I didn't know there were a Christian. Yeah, that's, well, it's one thing to say, you know, because you're not going around and saying that you're a Christian or, you know, you're not going out, but, but your, but your actions, your behavior, it should bring a different light to people. Where when they say that, they're like, oh, you know what? I see it now. Okay. that You know what? That explains a lot. So these actions, these actions. And when Jesus finished saying these things. The crowds were amazed by his teaching because he taught them like one who had authority, not like their experts in the law. And here is God speaking with authority. And he's talking about doing the will of the father, doing the will of Jesus. And it's just not doing the will. It is every word that is spoken. Now, I'm going to go ahead. Let me see if I can find the ESV version. Because it, it brings out a little bit. Watch this. Everyone who hears the words of mine and does them will be like a wise man, build his house on a rock. All right. Is that the one I want? Not the ESV. 
me see. Maybe it's the NSAB. And compare it to wise men of Osanas and the Frenfell. These words of mine and acts on them. Oh, I like that. Acts on them. Practices it. Does it. There's an action that follows. But if you do not, if your actions don't follow what you have comprehended, then your house is built on sand. If your actions don't follow what you have comprehended, then your house will fall. Why is my life falling apart? I don't know. Are our actions following what we have comprehended? Again, this isn't talking about ignorance. This isn't talking about, well, I didn't know the scriptures said that. No, no, no. This is talking about when you see these scriptures and when God does speak to you, are you doing it? Are you following God's will? Or do you have your own agenda? All right, we, we kind of come up here. Come over here. I'll, I'll get back to the back, get back to the net here. We we get back here, Lord, Lord, Lord. Look at all the things we have done in your name. And it's so sad. He says, I never knew you. So the question is, how did God not know them? Is it that they didn't hear him? We always have to really reflect on the motivations of why we do things. I'm not saying all our motivations are going to be pure. That's, that's impossible. But when we do big things, I pray that you're listening to God. God, is this your will? Am I practicing your will? Or it's my own will, right? We read, um, we read about Abraham in small groups. And Abraham kept hijacking the agenda. He kept doing his own thing. And we saw that in Abraham's life. You know, him and his wife, they, they brought Lot along because they didn't know if, if God was going to come through with his promises. It's doubt. They didn't know if, you know what? Sarah's pretty old. So they had another baby with someone else. And that fell apart. They had all of their own agenda. They had their own will. They had their own desire. They were trying to do it their way. See, that's that's kind of where we see this tension kind of, you know, am I doing it my way or God's way? And the question becomes, are we listening to God? And when we understand something in the scriptures, when it becomes crystal clear to us, these principles about, you know, prayer and giving, and when these principles become you know, crystallized to us about, about, you know, you know, caring for the vulnerable and, and, um, and loving one another and treating people with respect and mercy. Are we doing that? Now, what's interesting, look at this. Do not judge. And before that, we're going to be talking about 
lasting treasure, proper fasting. And then, of course, we get to the Sermon on the Mount. But we, it also talks about, you know, how we treat our enemies. You know, again, I'm not saying we're all uh, perfect or we're all going to do this. You know, it's fascinating. Um, Abraham ultimately did follow God's will. And he ended up in the halls of faith, right? He, a great man of faith. That's how the scriptures describe him. I don't see that, but that's how the scriptures describe him. That's how God describes him. So I, I, again, I'm not trying to beat up on anybody, but I'm, I, I want us to see that this, there is this action that follows this behavior. It's not a word thing. It's a, it's a do thing. It's doing the will of God. Doing what he calls you to do. Are we listening to the voice of God? Or are we like these false prophets who, you know what? Frankly, they have their own agenda. I just, I'm all about private planes. I am all about those private planes. I'm worried about me, not what God wants. When you become a leader, what you want will get sidestepped. And if God wants to use you behind the scenes, that's what he's going to do. Well, I don't like that. Well, it's, it's not your choice. It's not my agenda. We follow what he calls us to do. Are we listening to the voice of God? Are we doing what has been taught? Because if we're not, then we don't have a good foundation. In a storm, my dear brothers and sisters, listen to me, a storm will come. And it will shake you. And if you don't have these actions following you, it will fall. Are you doing what you have comprehended? The voice of God. And it's, it's not easy. I don't think, and I don't think, you know, you're being, you're not going to be perfect. I, I want to make sure we, there's this balance, but but yes, when we when we read something and you know, frankly, some some things I just go, okay, God, I don't understand this, and I don't like it, but I'll do it. I, I it goes against my flesh, but I'll do it. Because I'm going to listen to the words that you have given. I will listen to the scriptures and I will do them. Because I want this house to be built on a firm foundation. That when the world falls apart. And when everything starts to fall down. And just like what Pastor Meg said. My light will shine. People will recognize. Okay. 
there is a disciple there. Well, I'm not there. Well, that's okay. This, we can get there. Well, I don't. I know there's things the Bible says, but I don't want to do it. Okay. Why? Well, I just don't like it. I, I know. There's a lot of things in the Bible that says I don't like either. All right. There's there's quite a bit. I'm telling you, man. I, if it was my way, I'd have a different Bible. I cut out a lot of stuff in there. You know, I like. I like titles. I like being seen. You know, like I like private jets. I think it's great. It's so convenient. And you're propelling the gospel. I submit to his will. What does he want? What does he want? Now we're gonna be asking questions here in a minute here or so, but uh, again, please. Um, preface your questions with um, question and we can go ahead and kind of um, answer some of these questions but again there's this 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 house on this foundation it, it, it's about doing it's about doing the will of God it's about doing what you have learned it's about doing what God has revealed to you it's not this lip service that we see happening quite frequently and the Pharisees are called out on it. There's, they were doing the wrong things. They were focused on the wrong things. They were doing all right, but they were just doing all the wrong things. And they've, you know, the, the, the weightier matters of the law, they had forgotten. You know, they were not concerned about the weightier matters. They were more concerned about, um, you know, how to keep the Sabbath and, you know, all their little rules, man-made rules, just to make sure that the Sabbath was not broken. But, but they, but they missed out the big important things that, that are very clear in the scriptures that they just ignored. Um, and so I guess this is kind of where it comes out is that you will know them by their fruits. We, you will know who the disciples of Jesus are. You will know them by their fruit. You will know them by their kindness, their patience, their loving kindness, their mercy, long suffering, slow to anger, right? They're not so quick. And this isn't all the time, but I mean, you ultimately, when everything settles down, your fruits show. It's very clear. Your decisions are not based on what is best for you. Your decisions is what's best for God. So yeah, it's very clear. So, or I'll go ahead and um, bring my my cohort here, Caleb. Hey, sir. So I don't know if we have any questions yet. Um, and um, I can keep kind of talking a little bit about the passage, but I don't know if there's any questions yet. Um, um, do you see anything so far on the live feed? Yes, I do. So here is a question from the Allen fam. During tough or down times, how can we continue to let our light shine? Mm. Mm. That's what a great question. And, and I think it really just to piggyback on what um, uh, Pastor Meg said about uh, letting your light shine and how your light, you know, it just, it's not strategic. It just shines, uh, you know, it's just scattered. And um, during tough times, I think people gravitate towards stability. And when there is chaos, 
there's something to be said when you're stable, when you're consistent with your actions, you're full of integrity, um, you treat humankind with respect, uh, no matter how much you don't like them. Um, people, people read up on that and they see that very clearly. Um, whether they are Democrat or Republican, whether they believe in conspiracy theories, um, you know, whether whatever it might be, their crazy beliefs, um, part of of having the heart of God and, and part of um, following the will of God is is that you're reaching the all. Your your job is to reach the all and being consistent um, and and steady during crazy times really let your light shine. I mean, people just naturally gravitate towards that. Um, and uh, it's pretty funny at work. Um, I, 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 uh, I teach a lot of the, some of these younger guys um, and, and they look up to me for leadership. And I, I don't know why, but they do because um, I, I'm pretty consistent. They you know I just, it's the same old story. There's, uh, some I find that boring, but uh, during you know crazy times when the company is changing things and you know and you're just steady, people gravitate towards that. So it, I, I think um, I don't know who asked the question, but uh, the Allen family. But yes, I, I think having that consistency, having that stability, um, and showing those fruits, you know, patience, uh, understanding, loving kindness. Um, giving the benefit of the doubt, you know, those, those things that um, people, people are aware of that. And it, and it just, people react very differently to you um, when you do treat them with respect. And, and, and we see that, right? It's, it's, if you look up earlier in the passage of scripture, it talks about, um, you know, the golden rule, which everybody loves to quote, right? Everybody likes, Oh, well, don't treat everybody else. Like you should treat, you know, um, uh, yes, that, that that's an important rule, um, but ultimately, again, we we have to submit everything to Jesus. Um, but we do that because of you know um, they're made in the image of God, and we're respecting what God has called us and what you know how we should treat humanity. But ultimately, um, everybody has to go before Jesus. So, all right, we have another question from Sister Sherry Adrian Parker. Um, and the question is, how do we handle it when Christians lose it or come out of Christian character? So I guess uh, the wording makes it a little bit ambiguous, but I think she's asking, like, how do we handle it when um, somebody who should be building their house on solid ground uh, takes a little trip to the beach and starts building sandcastles? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, um, it's sad. It really is sad when you see um, people men and women of faith who you've looked up to and, and to see them fall. Um, it, it is sad, but at the end of the day, we have to be careful. We don't make idols. And I think, I think sister Lil, you know, pastor Lil just did such a great job yesterday talking about making sure we don't make these, these man-made idols, which I think we're all guilty of. Um, we like our idols. We like these man-made idols. We, 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 for some weird reason, we, we elevate leadership to some important position and it's not. Um, 
and we do that with pastors as well. And they're not, they're just a body. Uh, they're just part of the body. They're not more important than any other party, any part of the body. Um, and, and, so, and unfortunately, we find certain traditions that have elevated it to the point where it is, it's idol worship. Um, and we have to be careful of that. And you know what happens with idols? God tears them down. Um, and so part of it is, 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 are we leaning on God and his teachings? Um, or are we leaning on man? And I'm using that in a gender inclusive term, man, all, all humans. Um, are we leaning on that? Um, if we are, then, then your idols will fall and you are on shaky ground. Um, but when you are leaning on Jesus, when you trust his voice, no matter who falls, you will be on solid ground. And I think that's what it's talking about is that this, this idea of being on solid ground is, is that you trust in Jesus, you do his teachings, you've internalized this for yourself. You're not just saying, well, this is what my pastor says. No, I hope you don't just say that. I hope you, you've researched it for yourself and you're like, well, I want to know what this is all about. I, I want to know why. Why do we do these things and, and, and look at the scriptures and, 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 and clarify that for yourself and, and internalize it for yourself and, and come to the conclusion for yourself. So yes, when people do fall, um, you're not shaken. Um, if that's how the question is being taken, or if the way that the question is being read is what happens if we, if we lose it, like we just, we, we mess up and we fall, um, uh, this isn't about people falling <laughs> and getting back up. This is about people who um, they just, they don't have the love of God in them. <laughs> this is because people are going to fall. I mean, I'm not going to say you, anybody's perfect. That is not the case. That is not what I'm, I'm preaching at all. Uh, you are going to fall. You're not going to be perfect and you're going to make mistakes. Um, but what's important is how you end. And, um, and I think that's what's really critical. And, and I think Abraham ended well. He, in the end, he made a lot of mistakes, but he ended well. So, yeah. So another question uh, from Barbara Moss. So what is the rock and what is the sand today? So in our context, in our modern world, what is the rock and what is the sand? In our modern context, I feel the, the rock is this clarity of who the authority is and um, and who has all the rights and it's not you it's it's Jesus um, we don't have I think um, Roy did a great job of you know your are my rights well you don't have rights we're all um, we're all servants of Jesus we all do his bidding. Um, I think that is where the sand and the rock are being in our, in our, I feel in our current, in our current um, uh, world today. And the context of what's happening today is, is a lot of Christians are mixing up their American rights with their Christian rights. Um, and it's, it's, it, again, that's, that's what we're talking about. What does the scripture say? Are we doing what the scripture says? not what we feel the scripture should say. Um, and you don't have rights. 
you belong to Jesus. So I think that's that's where you see that. But, and and yes, if you if you believe that you have rights and that um, that Jesus is your personal president and and that you can vote him out or you can set a committee and have him pass a different law and well this doesn't work for me so I'm not going to do it. Um, all right, you're on shaky ground. You're on sand, um, and the storm will come. Another question from John Sando Momoa. Uh, says, thank you for the great teaching. It was really inspiring. I guess you're inspiring. Uh, and they have one question. How can one identify a truth prophet from a false prophet? Excellent. Excellent question. So here's a challenge with, with, this, with this passage is that there are people who are false prophets, but they still are used by God. Um, <laughs> well, it's, it's not really that off with our theology, right? I mean, think about Pharaoh. Uh, or was being used by God. Uh, he was not something you wanted to emulate. Um, I think what's, what, what it comes down to is character. Um, people's character is very revealing. And what is their character? What is these, 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 um, you know, signs of maturity, spiritual maturity, right? Because again, we 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 love. We think if somebody comes in and they raise somebody from the from the from a wheelchair and or they raise somebody from the dead, and we're like, oh, they raised somebody from the dead. That means they must be really in tune with God. No, it has absolutely nothing about that. When you're using the gifts, anybody can be using the gifts. Remember, the Corinthian church was using the gifts, and they were one of the most wicked and messed up churches there was. So being used in spiritual gifts has absolutely no bearing on your spiritual maturity. It's just that God is working through you. Spiritual maturity are, are character traits, loving kindness, long suffering, mercy, right? Loving your, the other, someone that's different from you. And of course, you know, being rooted in the scriptures, those are all very important things. But it, it just becomes evident. That's the thing about these false prophets. It's, it's very, once you get closer to them and you start to see them, you see how they are not who they say they are. Now, I'm not saying that people aren't, you know, broken, but no, we're all broken. You're going to see the humanity of all kinds of people. But this, these people, their agendas is not God's agenda. You're not going around and, and, and saying, well, you know, uh, you know, give me all kinds of funds and, you know, for what I'm trying to do. No, I'm not. I mean, there, there is a place for that. But but that, that, that's not the agenda. The agenda is propelling the gospel. The agenda is doing what God has called you to do. And and their agenda is very, very off. So, John, I hope I hope I, I clarify that for you. But um, but yeah, it's it's ultimately their their overall agenda. What What, what are they trying to achieve? Is it? Is it their ministry or is it what, what God has called them to do in God's ministry? Um, I get very, very nervous about these churches that have a single figure and the entire church is based on one single individual. And, and, and it's, it's there. They branded themselves in this capitalistic fashion and, and it's, they've made their own logo based on their name and everybody comes to the church based on their name. Now, please tell me, why are people going to that church? Is it for Jesus or is it for this man-made idol? 
There you go. You get my personal opinion there. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so to revisit uh, Sister Sherry's question, I guess she clarified a little bit more. What about when you have a bad day and say or do something not so Christian, and those who look up to you start giving you the side eye? And then oh. Pastor, Pastor Regina chimed in with a little, um, a little uh, just exemplary emoji there to show what exactly the side eye might look like. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, I thought that's where I thought that's where. Uh, his chair was going um yes and and it I, i'm not again this is not about uh being perfect no one is perfect i want to make sure we understand that we're all going to make mistakes we're all going to fall um and it's it's that's the beautiful thing is is, is we're all human um i think i think making sure people are aware of that say you know what i am you know what i, I i'm still uh working towards that i'm i'm not all there i never will be all there um, but, but again, it's, it's your intentions. It's one thing to hurt somebody and not go to them for forgiveness. It's, it's another thing to hurt somebody and go back and say, you know why I apologize the way I acted. Um, yeah, there's, there's a difference. Uh, it's one thing to yell at somebody and tear them down. It's another thing to quickly apologize and just say, you know what, it's so out of character of me. i I'm incredibly stressed right now. There's multiple things going on and, and please, please don't, don't listen to me right now. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at my wits end, you know, I, you know, and, and I, I can't control some things and just maybe just stay away from me for a little bit. You know, I, I, I think legitimately that's what people realize that they recognize that. I, I think people are, you know, they understand, yes, you do have bad days and yes, everybody is stressed and everybody has uh pressure points and, um, and, and, and how you, um, what you do after you do that, I think, is is, is very uh, revealing. Um, now, if you tear somebody out and you just like, it's not a problem to you. Well, they should have gotten it. That's I don't care. This is just me. This is me. This is me. You know, I've just you just got to deal with me. Um, yeah, that's that is. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. But what about Jesus? All right, just be all you. It's all me. It's only me. I'm sorry. You just got to deal with me. You know, there's one thing when it comes to our our um, uh, our, our our idiosyncrasies. You know, we're, our quirkiness. You know, that's just our personalities. But there's, yeah, sometimes we're just being downright mean, and and we need to we need to apologize. So yes, I hope that uh, I hope that answered your question, Adrian. Makes me think of uh, Pastor Desi's little recurring friend, the serpent. It's all about me. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's all about me. I also, I also thought mean has me in it. So I guess do what you will with that. I guess. Anyway, want. moving on. <laughs> A question from Sister Leela: How can we know what are the works that rightly flow out of faith, and what is legalism? Mm, mm. To me, what I feel the difference is is, is love. Um, it's one thing for me to um do the dishes so i don't uh hear it for my wife it's another thing for me to do the dishes because i know it sets her day right and it helps her out and i love her e even the the whole intention of what we're doing um you know it's so funny people always harp on holiness it's like oh you got to do this and you got to do this and 
if you really love God, I mean, if, if you really, you really want to please him and do what he, you know, what he wants and, 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 and his plan for you, it, it wouldn't be a problem. I mean, it's like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. It's not, you know, it's not, well, this is being legalistic. Well, no, if you have a relationship with Jesus and, and see that, and that's what the problem was with these false prophets. And, and, and they're saying, look, all these great things we did for you. And it's like, you never talked to me about any of this. You just kind of did it on your own. You, you didn't even communicate with me once. I never knew you. And I think this is where that we get this this distinction between legalism and faith. It's is if you have that relationship and God calls you to some things, it's not an issue. But if you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you just do stuff, yeah, then you're on borderline legalism. Yeah, I do have to ask: How many times is you washing the dishes out of love for Meg, and how many times is out of out of fear of retribution? I. I won't make you answer it. I just guess just ponder on it. Okay. My wife, uh, my wife didn't give me that much retribution. She just yeah. appreciate it. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, another question from the Allen fam. Uh, can God turn shaky ground that we have created for ourselves into solid ground? And do you have any good examples of that? Oh yes. I you know, I, I it's it's not about the the the, the in the context of, of the parable. You know, solid ground is is doing the scriptures. It's doing what's what the principles of the scriptures are, and shaky ground is not doing it. So, in order to solidify the ground, is is doing what the scriptures say, is being obedient. Um, I am not that obedient. I am so anti obedient. It's not even funny when I go and someone teaches me and trains me on a job. I do it my own way, and then I fail. Then I'm like, why did I fail? Let me go back to what was originally done and told me. And then I learned. And that's how I learned. It's 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 so sad. But I'm aware of that. You know, I know I know ultimately I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna figure it out. And and I think the shaky ground here is is that we're not doing these principles, these things that we have comprehended. It's where we've ignored them or we just don't want to do it. And I and I think because because of that, you are on shaky ground. And it could it could cause problems. Yeah, so that's that's kind of where it comes down is this shaky ground. And any example is, is yeah, like doing the word of God, you know, doing what God has called you to do, um, being faithful. Yes, being connected with the body. We'll we'll, we'll give a good example. Yes, coming you know c- connecting with the body of Christ. And 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 you know of course right now we're virtually meeting. Um, but you know, of course once we get back and you know yes, being with the body, going to church. Um, you know, being connected with the body. Connected doesn't mean you see them on Facebook and you like them. It's it's more than that. Um, so yes, that would that would really solidify shaky ground. All right, uh, rather lengthy question from Pastor Regina. It'll blot out your face for a second. But I have seen in our ministry in Nigeria that in their culture, stories are very, very effective. In the original culture of your family, is that true that lessons are taught by parables? And why don't you think that we, or why do you think that we don't use more stories to teach lessons in North America and how can we effectively use them in the church? That is spot on, Regina. Yes, it, um, my dad always began something with a story. I, whenever, I got in, whenever I got in trouble, whenever we ever did something wrong, including my mom, it would always like, sit down, I have to tell you something. And we knew it was a long drawn out story and we had to, and there was always a point. 
So we had to listen. Um, and so I, and yes, uh, stories are very effective because stories, we love stories. I, I think it, 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 it resonates with us. Um, it, it clicks. We, we understand the point. Um, as you can see, what are the most important things in the, in the scriptures? I mean, what are the things that people remember? Is it, is it the book of numbers, all the little rules, or is it, you know, these stories of Jesus and his ministry, you know, what are the things we remember very clearly and vividly? Um, and, and, and I think in, in the United States, we, we've, we've gone, you know, that, well, here's the five principles or here's the list of what we need to do, or here's everything else. And, um, and I, I think we could incorporate more stories into um, our points. Um, there's always a point. The story always ends up at a point. And it, and I, I, I feel like it sticks with you. You, you remember it more clearly. Um, and, and I mean, and that was kind of how my, my parents taught us is these, these little stories. And um, they always had a point. You just have to wait. And, and kind of what Jesus does. He's, he tells these stories and, and, and they stick with us. We remember the man who built his house on shaky ground and the man who built his house on, on a firm foundation. We remember that very clearly. Uh, but we can't remember law 613 of uh, the law of Moses. What was that law? So I, I, I feel that's part of it is, is, is it, it sticks, it, it clicks a little bit, you know, easier for us. Yeah. So uh, the last question I'm seeing uh, was submitted by a very handsome looking fellow there. Um, what about when the people around us obviously aren't following God and yet their house isn't falling down? or at least appear so. Meanwhile, our lives appear to, appear to be fraught with trouble and uh, shaky circumstances. So how do we reconcile that? Mm, man, I'm so glad you asked that question. Um, and, I, and I wanted to make sure I tackle that in this lesson. Um, yes, and again, it's not that their house is not shaky. It's that the storm hasn't come. It's funny, in... in um, I remember when I went to California um, in Orange County, it, it doesn't, it, you know, I, All right, you're back. Uh, I think back. I think we I think we lost yet about when I was in California in Orange County. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I have no idea what happened here, but um, but um, it's about the storm coming. So in, in California, California is in the middle of a desert. They built an entire city in the middle of the desert. Don't ask me about if that was a smart thing to do. But the climate is phenomenal. It's it's like 70 degrees every day, and it's sunny. Uh, that's the reason why everybody wants to move there because it's just like it's like perfect weather every day. Why why even have AC on or, or heat on because you never need it. Um, and what happens is there is these mounds, these sand mounds, and people build these homes, these multi million dollar homes on these mounds, and and it is not sound construction. You don't want to do this. But people still pay millions of dollars for these houses. By the way, they paid out of pocket because no bank would ever sponsor that. And, and so they, they still buy them because, one, it's a great location. Two, they get to have a wonderful view. And three, if there is no storms or rain, because, again, rain is very rare, they're fine. It's a beautiful house. You get a wonderful view. You know, it's you get to enjoy the wonderful weather. But when the storm comes, 
and the mudslide comes, the house will fall. And it has. We see it all the time, you know, where there's some crazy rainstorm and then you just see these houses just kind of like falling because they're just built on sand and they, they weren't meant to be, you're not supposed to build houses on sand. So yeah, so when you see individuals' lives and you see like, obviously they're not doing any of the principles of the scriptures, but it seems like their, their life is in, in order. Well, they, they haven't gone through a storm yet. And a storm always comes. It doesn't matter who you are, how powerful you are. There will always be a storm. And when the storm does come, everything does fall apart. And yes, there are times when our lives fall apart. But that's the beautiful thing is that because we have that firm foundation is that we can fall down, but we, we quickly stabilize and pick ourselves back up. But when a, when a person whose house is on shaky foundation, when they fall down, it is utter devastation. And we've seen that this last year. People who have built their houses and their faith on sandy political things. And their world is right now coming down hard. And because um, the storm will come. My, my word, the storm will always come. All right. So the last question is quite possibly the most theologically deep and relevant question that we've had tonight from the Allen fam. A call back to previous teachings from Arash. Would having a belief in Arash's unicorns and dinosaurs theory of how they caused each other to be extinct be considered shaky ground? Deep, deep stuff. This is deep stuff. This is deep stuff. Yes. You, um, uh, if you go into the scriptures and you don't see that, then yes, it's, um, it's shaky ground. <laughs> you should, you should, yeah, definitely consider that. Um, yes, those are, those are based on, uh, a false, a false prophet. You don't want to be listening to this guy. Um, you want <laughs> so no, no, yes, yeah. so you need to do the will of God, do the do the teachings of God and and the scriptures. And the scriptures are the words of God. So just read the scriptures and and you have to read them, you know, or or listen to them. But you have to do it. You can't get a version that makes sense to you. I think you know we've heard Desi teach that multiple times. What version works best? The one that you listen to or you read. It doesn't matter which version it is. You just need to listen to the word of God because it it does. It starts to it starts to starts to get inside of you and and it does change you. So that's the reason why we are doing these parables because we're digging into the word of God. Yes, we don't so we don't want to read the Bible out of the AIV, the Arash imagination version. That's correct. That is correct. That is correct. And, All right. Well, uh, that is the last of the questions, besides Joyce um, too late telling me to ignore uh, the unicorns and dinosaurs question. But uh, so, yeah, that is that is all of the questions. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for joining us tonight. Um, again, please like and share us. Partner with us in giving. Go to newarkupc.info. Join one of our small groups. We have made it even more simple. We've, we've simplified things. I mean, we're trying to do everything we can to make sure people are connected. And I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. Just give me two, give me two seconds here, folks. Okay, give me two seconds. I'm going to share my screen. All right, now watch this. Watch this. I'm going to go www.newarkupc.info. Now watch this. It's going to load the website. I scroll down, and it says small groups. Click here. 
I scroll down online small groups or join a small group. Which one was it? I think it was this one. Hold on, let me see. Online small groups. There is the app and voila, join directly. So it's literally just a button. Okay, folks, it is a button. You just push this button and it says join directly and literally it will take you there. So it's, we. you just have to go to Newark UPC and go to online small groups, come down, join directly. Well, I don't have the lessons. Oh, you don't have the lessons. Well, oh, there they are. Look, there's a button for each lesson and it automatically opens up into a PDF and you can print it or you can keep it in a PDF. Okay, so we've, we have simplified this process. Why have we simplified this process? Because we want you to join online small groups because it's important. It's important. You have to do. Remember, we have to we have to make sure a house is built on a firm foundation and not you know shaky sand. So please, next week, join us as we continue our online small groups um, and we talk about failure and expectations. But thank you again for joining us tonight. And please join us tomorrow night as we continue the parables of Jesus. You guys have a great night and God bless.